for me, yoga is more about getting in tune with the inner landscape and your breath and how your body feels when you're moving through postures. Um, and I think a hot yoga space just isn't so aligned with that traditional um, aspect of yoga. Welcome to the Success Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Christian Evans. This podcast is about improving our relationship with nutrition and exercise to achieve success in our fitness journey. And our special guest today, Hannah Ramlow, Executive Director of Soulside Healing Arts Yoga Studio here in Peoria, Illinois, will help us do just that by sharing her story of why she opened Soulside and who it's for, the difference between traditional and hot yoga, and how yoga can help improve your overall performance. Without further ado, Success Fitness family, please welcome Hannah Ramlow to the podcast. How are you doing today, Hannah? I'm great. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. Now, usually my first question to my guest is, how's the weather where you are? But being that we are in the same city, Peoria, Illinois, go ahead and chime in about how are you liking this this warmer weather compared to what it was last week? You know, I loved the white Christmas. I like it being really cold right now this time of year because I like to be moving very slowly at this time of year. So it's like an excuse to do that when it's cold and icy and mm -hmm. zero degrees. So I was, I was digging that. And then today it's like springtime. It just like threw me off. Right, you know? right, right, right. So yeah. I'm, I like this weather right here. You know, I don't mind a little bit of cold, but that black ice that's on the road, yeah, that's um, just no people driving, you know, kind of crazy. And um, no, nah, you know, being that it's, you know, New Year's coming up, uh, what New Year's Eve is tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And we just had what Christmas uh, last week. How was your Christmas is, is and is this or was this your first Christmas with your newborn? Um, she was born September 21. So she was three months old last Christmas. Gotcha. gotcha yeah. Gotcha. So she, this was our first Christmas with her walking and okay, kind of tearing into some of her own presents and stuff. So we had a blast. She is oh. a little socialite. Um, she loved all the parties and the, the family and friends and she was just living her best life. So it was, <laughs> it was very fun for us to watch. Awesome. 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 Is she doing any yoga moves just yet or <laughs> we, tr we try as she kind of watches me and she's not really getting into it yet, but she has definitely tried to mimic me in some of the things that I do. So it'll be fun as that okay. develops. Okay. For those, uh, obviously they didn't hear it because I didn't, uh, record it, but Hannah recorded a, a podcast, like she said, um, before we started recording this podcast today, it was almost three years ago. It was at the top of the pandemic in 2020. And time has gone by just so fast. You know, we recorded um, via Zoom and um, the podcast went great. And I let her know, I was like, okay, by the time we're done with this or um, when we're done with this, I'm gonna reach back out to have you on my podcast. Now here we are almost three years later, almost three years later. And the time just goes by so fast. You had a newborn, uh, you had a baby, uh, September, what was that, 2021? Mm -hmm. And uh, now it's like 14 months and starting to to walk and do baby yoga, <laughs> do baby yoga. Maybe that'd be something. That yeah. Life changes <laughs> so fast. Yes, yes, yes. Now, speaking of yoga, how did you get into yoga? Yeah. So I started yoga when I was in college and it was, it was definitely uh, me trying to stay physically fit 
without really ever having loved cardio or, or the, it, the things that made me sweat a lot. I was just not into those things, but I knew I wanted to stay fit. Um, I for sure wanted to avoid the dreaded freshman 15 that people talk about gaining when you go to school. And my uh, gym at my school had some free yoga classes. So I thought, well, I'll just give this a try and maybe it'll be a way to move my body and stay in shape. Um, without having to run, you know, and, and it was, it turned out to be that for me. Um, I, I started really, really enjoying it. And it was so much more than that for me. Um, it did keep my, me moving my body and kept me physically fit, but it was also uh, m- my mental health that really, really benefited from practicing yoga at school when I was the stressors of college and having a job while you're trying to do school and, and then beyond. And it just became this stable rock in my life, no matter what was going on, I would always find a yoga studio to practice, um, and keep going in my practice. And it just kept me so stable and grounded. And I haven't stopped since then. I got you. I got you. And you, uh, the college you went to is, uh, I, I went to Loyola in Chicago. Loyola. Loyola. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Loyola. Okay. And so then, and how did you go from Loyola to Bradley? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So after Loyola, um, I was, I studied English and business and didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be in the human services. I really liked social work and had some internships in, in the nonprofit sector. And I just, I knew I wanted to blend what I was doing into that field. So I ended up moving to Cincinnati and working at a nonprofit in Cincinnati. Um, and while I was there, I found a yoga studio. I I was like flitting around to different studios because it's so expensive to practice yoga in any one place. Um, So I was trying to find like Groupons and deals and I would just go to whatever studio had a good deal. And I found this one studio that had a pay as you can um, uh, structure. So I could go in and, and donate whatever I could for a yoga class. So I was able to continue my practice and pay, you know, $5 a class. And at the time working in a nonprofit, that's all I could afford. Um, so I just kind of filed that away in my mind and kept going. And I ended up moving to Europe for a year, uh, wow. living in Italy and then Poland okay. before coming back here. I grew up in the area near Peoria. And so I came back for a master's program at Bradley in nonprofit leadership. So I was still wanting to work in the nonprofit field and having some experience in that uh, started to see a lot of the flaws in leadership of nonprofits, just that it's such a, a hard field to work in. Employees get really burnt out because it's mm-hmm. you're just butting up against the system over and over and trying right, to get people right. through that system. And I wanted to find out how to how to lead a nonprofit and take care of the employees and the people working there. And um, and I wanted to be able to blend my like being on the ground, working with people, as well as doing some of the administrative stuff so that I could have a more well-rounded schedule to my life and my day. Um, So I found this program at Bradley and it brought me back home, back to Peoria. Are you looking for a personal trainer that will focus on you to help achieve success in your fitness journey? If yes, please book your in-person or Zoom one-on-one personal training sessions with me, Christian Evans at christiansweightsuccess.net. Okay. Okay. And how long were you at Bradley during uh, your studies? That was a two-year master's program. So um, I graduated from Bradley in 2018 and okay. opened SoulSide in 2018 at the end of that program, uh, okay. June 1st, 2018. 
Okay. So you explained a little bit here just a few seconds ago, but what was that journey like? Okay. You're, you're a college student and you're experimenting or experiencing and learning about, uh, you know, the ups and downs of the, the nonprofit, um, you know, business. And how did you know, like, okay, I want to open a, a studio, a yoga studio, a nonprofit yoga studio. What was that journey like going from college student to now business owner? Yeah. So the master's program I was in had the opportunity to do a self-guided um, independent study on a topic of our choosing. So I pitched to my, my professors that I wanted to study this model, this nonprofit yoga studio model, and look at other studios that have done this in the U.S. or, or outside of the U.S. and, and put together a business plan and a, a, like look at the feasibility of opening something like that here in Peoria. And this was all sparked by that one pay-as-you-can yoga studio that I found in Cincinnati right after college. Um, and they didn't survive. They had to close. So while that was so present in my mind, like that model is so beautiful. I wonder if I can recreate it. I also was very aware that it's a fragile model and how can I do it successfully and sustainably? Um, and like I mentioned, it, I had learned that practicing yoga in studios could, can be is often very expensive. So I had learned how much yoga had benefited me. And I'd also learned how inaccessible yoga was for so many people. So I wanted to blend these learnings into creating something that would make yoga more accessible, both physically and financially. Um, and we can talk about the physical limitations and the kind of like preconceptions people have about yoga in a little bit, hopefully, but mm -hmm. that financial aspect was really what I was focusing on with the nonprofit leadership program, building the model. Um, so I got that whole semester with the support of Bradley, uh, both the nonprofit leadership program, as well as the school for entrepreneurship at Bradley mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and had some contacts there. And they just helped me get this idea, like get my brain wrapped around this idea uh, I really knew that I wanted to take yoga into a social service model or social service setting and, and build a life around the work that I knew I would really love. I got you. Now, um, being that your, well, your studio is in Peoria, what were some of the key things that were missing in yoga in the Peoria, Illinois area that you know that you could improve on or bring something different here? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I would love to, I wish I knew what your, your listeners knew about the Peoria area and about yoga. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know that, but what, if you, if you're from here, if you've done yoga here in Peoria, you know that we have a really rich yoga community. We have several different studios for our population that, um, each one kind of has a specialty and focuses on different areas, uh, or styles of yoga. And so there's right. a lot of, there's a lot of choice. But there, there isn't, or there wasn't a lot of choice for like the south side of Peoria or the, the right. Peoria below War Memorial kind of. The studios sort of sprinkled through more of North Peoria. Gotcha. And, um, and they were very like studio centric. So practices and classes were in the studio spaces. So I really wanted to create something that had a studio, but we were taking yoga into schools and social service agencies and the places that could really, really benefit from these mindfulness the practices that yoga teaches. Mm -hmm. But for people who maybe didn't know that was an option for them or didn't understand that that's like a path towards 
holistic healing for them. Um, so I, I saw that as something that was missing, just that like outreach portion um, right. and, and like building the inroads and the, the connections with those social service agencies in Peoria to be like, this is our expertise and our skill set. How can we bring it to you and to your clients as well as your employees? Um, because as I mentioned before, people who work in that social service setting can be so burnt out, so exhausted. So mm-hmm. how can we bring this to your clients and how can we bring this to your teams to help um, promote self-care. So that was one thing I saw missing. And then just the financial um, accessibility to have a beautiful studio space um, that didn't, that doesn't skimp on like the design or the dignity of the space just because it's donation based. So people can still come here and have like a very Zen setting to do yoga, even though they're paying a dollar or $2 or $5. Those were the two like big buckets of areas that I wanted to fill that I didn't see happening. I got you. Now you mentioned about um, the stresses of um, social workers of, of what they go through, um, what they went through, what they are going through, what they may go through, and yoga offers that release. Now, what are um, some of the body ailments that yoga can help with, as well as the mental? So, virtually anything. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. it's so hard to answer that question because it, yoga can be tailored to anyone for any mm-hmm. ailments um, and be really individualized. And I remember this was something that you and I connected on so well when we talked back in 2020, even though our, our practices are so different, our styles of fitness are so different. We really connected. I remember on like the unique plan for each individual and making sure that it was something that was really safe and good for their body and didn't create feelings of shame or inadequacy. And that we were just like, how do we empower an individual? Um, so yoga can do that too. And what I see often is that people come to a class and then get discouraged because the class isn't perfect for them. So there is some like, there's opportunity for one-on-one private sessions or just communicating with the teacher before or after a class to make sure that you are um, using the class and the structure as a kind of like a guidepost, but not um, feeling like you have to do everything exactly the way the teacher shows or other people in the room are doing it. And so I'm saying that because there are certain ailments that will require a much gentler approach to yoga Mm -hmm. um, or a much you know, more tailored approach to yoga with certain poses that just don't work in somebody's body because of a certain injury or the way they're built or the way that their mobility is. Um, But there is always a workaround and it's really about making yoga work for you rather than trying to fit into like a very specific alignment or shape. I got you. Now, being that you are a business owner and a mother, what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, well, the past year or so with my little one has really shifted how I work. Um, it's, I am so grateful that I had built SoulSide to a point that gave me some flexibility by the time I had my baby. Um, because as other mothers or parents will know, it's just on the day is unknown. You don't know when you're going to need a nap. You don't know when they're going to be upset. Like you can't, it's very difficult to schedule meetings and then, always be on time to them. Um, So I had a lot of flexibility already built into my schedule, which was wonderful. 
And my days now I have, I teach a few classes a week, not as many as I used to teach. Um, as as SoulSide grew, we brought in more teachers. And so a lot of my duties are more back end scheduling um, other teachers to go to the places that we teach or to fill the studio schedule. And I, I stay like connected to those um, community members more than okay. showing up to teach. So I teach my favorite classes. I have two or three a week that I teach and I have childcare okay. for those. And then the rest of the time, like you have my to-do list and I do it when I can. So if she's napping, I try to get on my email. If, um, you know, I have some help from family a couple of times a week, that's when I get to work, but it's become very, my mentality has really had to shift, um, okay. to build this up. Took a lot, uh, of just like grind and effort and staying right. every day. And now I have to be a little bit more okay with just like what gets done, gets done. And that's right. better than nothing. And it's just like in a, in a little bit of a period of maintenance and making sure that everything stays uh, working from behind right. the scenes. Right. And the reason why I ask you that is because are you hungry but only have 30 minutes to meal prep? Then download my new e-cookbook, What's a Meal Prep, at successfitnessstore.com. You will get three step-by-step -step written and visual recipes for one high-protein meal that's under 600 calories. I'll help you cook fresh salmon, steamed fresh broccoli, and quinoa in under 30 minutes to help you stay on track of your fitness goals. So go to successfitnessstore.com to download your copy today. We are all trying to be the best version of ourselves, you know, somewhat every day, right? And that can and may and should require, um, you know, a workout, right? But we're so busy, you know, with, you know, work and, you know, with you, um, business and um, motherhood and everything like that. And being that you're telling everybody that, okay, okay, this is challenging for me too. And it, it should give a little bit of alleviation to listeners about, okay, you know what, if she's going through this, or if Christian's going through this and trying to fit their, their workout in, it's like everything is not guaranteed every single day. And it is a challenge to, you know, work out or get what your, you know, version of working out is in the midst of um, your business and, you know, your family, because obviously, you know, family is important and you have to run your business or whatever business looks like for each individual to um, take care and support, you know, their, their, their family. So I'm glad you let us know, you know, about, about your day. Um, oh yeah. And that, that mentality for business too, that just whatever gets done is better than nothing. I, I, right. for my yoga practice and my, my right. fitness practice too, it's, you know, five minutes of mindful breathing, five minutes of stretching is better than nothing. And sometimes yeah. that's all we're going to get in the day. Right. You know, it's just like not getting down on yourself for that. Yeah. And just, you just keep going and do the little bit that you can. And there's nothing like motherhood to teach you that. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to um, someone at the gym uh, yesterday and we we're just talking about time, right? Like you just talked about, it's like, even if it's five minutes of mindfulness and we were just talking about, man, I don't have the hour and a half, like I used to in the gym, as you get older, you get, you know, more responsibilities and you have to just be more wiser, you know, about your time. So an hour and a half workout may turn into an hour or 45 minutes. But like you said, you should not get down on yourself. Um, that it's like, Oh, only have 45 minutes. Now you do the best that you can 
with the time that you have. Now, um, you mentioned earlier about uh, bringing uh, yoga to more of the, the, the South Side of Peoria. Now, can you tell me the, the demographic of people that you have coming to your studio currently? And what are the typical questions that they ask you? Yeah, so we are located um, on Adams Street near Adams and MacArthur. Mm -hmm. So like in the warehouse district, five blocks south of Zion Coffee, if you're familiar. And we chose this location really specifically because, well, one, we found this gorgeous building and wonderful landlords, but also it is this bridge between the newer development that's happening in the warehouse district Mm -hmm. and these longstanding neighborhoods of Peoria that are some of the poorest in the state. And having a place like a yoga studio or a third place, not home, not work, but somewhere that people can congregate and gather across differences, um, we really believe can heal not just individuals, but build bridges and heal community wounds as well. And so it's been our mission from the start that we are working towards having a demographic that is that mirrors the demographic of Peoria which would be much more diverse than we currently see in most yoga studios. Um, And it's a long challenge. It's going to take a long time because people who are drawn to yoga currently have usually have some kind of expendable income, um, have have the the awareness of yoga already, or like have Mm -hmm. the, the, the body type that um, is often associated with yoga mobile, flexible, you know, able-bodied. So there's a lot of like breaking down of of understanding that we've been doing over the past four years and will continue to do on who yoga is for. And we do see a much more diverse crowd here than I've seen in other studios I've worked in. We see a lot more men, which is not typical in a yoga setting. We see a a larger age range. Um, So this morning I taught a class. I had 13 people here. There was a seven-year-old who came with their mom and an 80-year-old in the class together. And so we try to form these classes that anyone can do and anyone can modify for their own bodies. Um, And we do see that bringing in a larger um, like age bracket and especially gender bracket. Okay, okay. We still have a long ways to go to really um, bring people in to the studio who live within like the mile or two radius of Soulside who could even walk here um, okay. just because it's not been historically true that a yoga studio locates in these communities. And so right. it's, it just takes a long time, takes trust and yeah. staying power to just continue right. to do the work. Right. Now, what's the most common question you get asked mm. from your, your clientele about the services you offer? Yeah. I, well, a lot of, a lot of just like, I've, I'm new to this. I've never done this before. What class should I do? Um, or, you know, like I can't even touch my toes. I don't think yoga is for me, that kind of sentiment. And the answer that I love that I've heard before, uh, is it's like saying you're too dirty to take a shower. Like if you're, you're too unflexible to start yoga, what you got to start, you got to start somewhere. Um, so we kind of just stay lighthearted about it and you're just, we welcome everybody in. There are a couple classes we recommend to brand new beginners, although all of our classes on the schedule are open to everyone. And so if you are brand new, we just, we recommend that you kind of talk to a teacher before the class and say, Hey, I'm brand new here. You know, if there's any, anything I need to know, let me know. Or if there's, um, 
like an injury that you want to let the teacher know about or something that you're concerned about, we're always open to just chat one-on-one -on -one with you before class starts. Um, but like a gentle yoga class, we have a couple on the schedule called gentle yoga. And that's usually where I direct people who are not quite sure what to expect or not quite sure if their body can do all of that it entails. I got you. Now you mentioned earlier about, uh, the yoga classes that you like, or the, your, um, I don't know. I can't remember how you worded it, but your favorite classes when you are able to teach, what are those classes that you, you favor more than the others? Um, so we have something on our calendar called mindful flow, which okay. is what it sounds like. If you're familiar with yoga or you see other studios, you'll see vinyasa often. And a vinyasa style of yoga is like a move with every breath. So like a, an inhale takes you somewhere and an exhale takes you somewhere. And it's this flowing style of yoga. Our mindful flow is similar to that, but slowed down. So it's not like breath per or movement per breath. It's a, it's a slower approach to okay. a flow class. So you, you stay in poses a little bit longer. Okay. You're not rushing through anything, which allows you to really be a little more present with the breath. Um, you know, not like be rushing your breath. So that's, that's a style I really like to teach that is, is really adaptable to anyone in the room. So I usually come in with an idea of what I'm going to teach and then I see who shows up and I can kind of see if I need to shift it a little bit or I can, I can take it a little bit like deeper into deeper stretches because of the group or we need to back off and kind of go more to the beginner basics due to the mobility that I see in the room. And that style of class really allows me to, to tailor to the group that shows up. Okay. I also just started teaching prenatal. I was trained this summer to teach prenatal yoga um, okay. after doing prenatal yoga myself through my pregnancy and, and just really, really loving having that option. And we don't have a ton of prenatal yoga teachers here in Peoria. So I wanted to get myself certified to teach that. So I do that as okay, well. Now. Awesome. Awesome. Now, what's the difference between the yoga you teach and hot yoga? Yeah. So our studio is in an old warehouse building. As you can see behind me, it's mm -hmm. big brick walls, wood floors on that like negative zero degree day. Recently, uh, our heater wouldn't get this place up beyond like 55 degrees. So wow. there's no hot yoga happening here. We don't have <laughs> structure. Sometimes we have cold yoga. Yeah. yeah. Cold yoga. That's something new for the area, bit. right? <laughs> um, and it's an old building. So we did have the air go out for a couple days a few summers back and, and then we had some hot yoga so okay it, we're not it's not um a high-tech hot yoga situation here but you. we we don't so we don't teach hot yoga because of the space but also it's not a traditional form of yoga that favors a from from my perspective it's not favoring a real presence and awareness of what's going on in the body um some people love hot yoga. I've done it a couple of times. It's not my thing. It kind of, it, it makes your muscles stretch a little further. So you feel like you can go further in the yoga class. And sometimes it encourages you to go too far because you are oh, yeah. in this environment where you're like pushing and trying to keep up and it's, everyone's just like dripping sweat and you're, it's really mm -hmm. got this like workout fitness mindset. For me, yoga is more about getting in tune with the inner landscape and your breath and how your body feels when you're moving through postures. Um, and I think a hot yoga space just isn't so aligned with that traditional um, aspect of yoga. I gotcha. I gotcha. Now being with that being said, you said like um, hot yoga can 
kind of play a mind trick that you're a little bit more flexible than, than what you really are. Um, with that being said, what are your uh, least favorite and favorite muscle groups to train um, if you can focus on it during yoga? Mm. Yeah, I, I just want to say one more thing about hot yoga. It's, it's some people's cup of tea and like there's a time and place where you just want to get lost in it and kind of right. not like just zone out. And I, I can totally understand that. I've heard a lot of people say like, you know, I felt like I was going to die and then I didn't. And that to them is like <laughs> the best. Um, yeah. So, you know, no shame, no shade, if that's your thing. Right. Um, right. we're, just, we're not teaching it here. But that, <laughs> that being said, like I, I mentioned earlier, there are so many unique studios in Peoria where like, right. if you like a thing, you can find that at a specific studio. And it's really nice because we don't feel like we have to really compete with each other because we're kind of like, okay, you do what you're good at. We do what we're good at. And we can kind of blend and like send each other clients and things. So right. that's, a nice nice aspect right um muscle groups that i like hips the hips are always like such a big request from people there's a lot of um tightness that gets built up from our our lifestyle of sitting often a lot of people's you know job is keeping them still and seated for most of the day so they come in with like low back pain and hip pain and there's just like i've heard it called the junk drawer of our emotions there's just like this like sediment that settles at the hips, this biggest joint in the body. And so I really like stretches that can target the the area around the hips and the glutes and just all that, um, like the stickiness that lands there. Mm-hmm. Uh, least favorite, also the hips. <laughs> because okay, okay. it's so like, it can be so tender. It can be so tight that there are a lot of stretches that do target the hips that people kind of like dread. It's just like a hurt so good situation. I got you. I got you. It's a, it's a love, hate relationship, yeah, yeah, love, hate sure. relationship. I got mm-hmm. you. I got you. Now, what are your top three keys to success in one's fitness journey or yoga journey? Oh gosh. So you asked me this on the, the preform and, and I'm trying yeah. to remember what I wrote. Yeah. I said five, I'm gonna reduce it down to three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I wrote something like to forget about numbers for me, mm-hmm. this is for me. We have, I, there's a lot of, like, I think a lot of your listeners are going to have a very different approach because mine mm-hmm. has not been like weight loss based. And I can understand where numbers become very important in that. Yes. Term. Right, right, right. Um, and so I just want to preface with like in a really gentle yoga situation, which is what I have like gotten into, um, releasing the focus on numbers is so, so important for success to me. And it's like, we talked about earlier, it's like not getting down on yourself when you don't hit a certain number. You're not right. like stepping on the scale every night. That's not why we do yoga. Um, right. it's not about how many minutes you put in or how much weight you, you, you use in a yoga class. It's, it's not about the numbers. And so releasing that in yoga, but then for me, taking that into anything else that I'm doing fitness wise has been really, really beneficial. And speaking as a woman and knowing that a lot of young women face the scrutiny of how their body looks and stepping on the weight and becoming really obsessed with calories and weight. Um, And that happens, it happened to me through high school and college. And I think it happens Uh to so many women. So moving away from that mindset has been a huge key for my sustained journey in yoga and staying, staying in this practice. Yeah, because um, like you talked about with with numbers, I know you have some more to add, sorry to cut you off. Mm -mm. Um, But that was so important that you said about 
being so focused on these numbers. And I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and we were going into that. And I think more and more people are starting to back away from this numbers-based, this uh, data, the, these analytics of who you are, you know, even, you know, got the watch on. And so I'm constantly looking at the analytics of me and then it's like, okay, so how do I feel? You know, yes, we see these numbers and everything like that, which is cool or can be cool. But like you talked about with the with the hips and your love hate relationship with that, I have a love hate relationship with legs. You know, we you're starting to get into a love hate relationship with numbers too, because it's okay. But how do I feel? Yeah, I see I burn this many calories, but I feel different. Mm-hmm. Um, and just wanted to just really kind of dive a little bit more into that mentality of releasing that mindset of numbers you 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 put it more articulate than I than I just did and that is so alleviating to to hear so I commend you I commend you on that yeah that's I'm so glad you're kind of like thinking about that too because it is such a slippery slope I think into an obsession that then becomes not mentally healthy even if you're maybe you're like physically you look more in shape than you ever have how's your how's your mind doing and how's the obsession with that Um, so along the same lines then of what you were just talking about, how do you feel? Uh, I would say another key to success is finding ways to move that you really enjoy. And to this day, like I mentioned earlier, I've never been a a person who loves cardio. I've never been Mm -hmm. a person who loves weightlifting, but I do those things in a way that I really enjoy by going on a walk or, um, dancing with my baby in my house, you know, playing mm-hmm. fun music and getting my heart rate up by dancing with her, um, or, or the different yoga practices that I do, but finding a way to move your body to, to just like shake things up and get your blood flowing and your lymph flowing. Um, but not for me and my key to success has been figuring out how, how do I do that? And also just like, love it, like not think of it as a workout. Right, 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 right. And number three, number three. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, comp- I think I was gonna talk about competition. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it's, you know, all very similar, but releasing that drive to compete with others. Yeah. This happens in yeah. yoga class it happens in the gym, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Just <laughs> like, you know, guiding your focus back inward on how do you feel? Right. How's it? How's it feeling in your body to move in this way and not right and not directing your focus outward on, am I doing enough? Am I doing the same as that person over there? Does my pose look the same as that person over there? Um, Mm -hmm. It can be really hard to um, get out of that mindset, but it's so important to, to, to do that for a sustained long fitness journey where, you know, we don't, we, we don't want our joints to stop working when we're 45 or 50 because we went too hard, you know, like let's do it for a really long time. Yes, yes, yes. And this comparative, um, this comparative notion, like you just mentioned, um, again, you must've, you must've had cameras or a microphone or something in my house, because like everything that you're talking about, like me and my cousin were just talking about, um, where like this comparative thing, um, where now we have social media, right? So a lot of times, one of the first things, you know, we all do is, you know, get up and we check on our social media and it's comparison, 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 comparison. And we're chasing after the highlight of the person that we follow. Cause 90% of the time that is what we see online. That is what we see in social media. And that can have a negative effect. Like you said, it leads to, um, 
yoga sessions or people in yoga sessions and it's like okay i'm looking over to my right i'm looking over to my left okay this person is you know bringing their leg this way or they're just maybe more flexible or less flexible and i see that in the gym too i see it all the time and it's like okay well i'm lifting this this weight now because of you know the guy back there and they go so hard it goes so hard then within a year you see him walking on a cane and it's like oh i had to get surgery because of uh you know deadlifting too much or whatever and it's just do what you can it's cool to be a motivator it's cool to be inspired it's you know it's cool to it's cool to go off of the vibe that you're around with the other people in the yes. gym. don't get to yeah. a point to where you're so lost in that you start comparing yourself and then try to do uh what that person is doing and like you said earlier um with the mentality of hot yoga, it can make you think totally different other than, you know, what you are and the reality of right. what, what you're doing of what you're doing. And we're talking about numbers too. Me and my cousin, um, she's a therapist. We were just talking about just numbers and everything. It's like, okay, yeah, you may look physically, you know, fit, but how is your mental? Yeah. You know, how is, you know, how was your life outside of, the four walls of the gym, you know, how was your life outside of, from being under a barbell um, from squatting or, or bench pressing. And we're so um, in tune with these numbers. And like you said, so in tune with this comparative mindset that we need to take a step back just for a little bit to see how healthy um, this is, because we're all trying to be the best version of ourselves. And a lot of times, you know, we can be, we can be a motivation for somebody else. And there are people looking at us, obviously, where we're just talking about, you know, somebody being comparative. So with that being said, what advice would you give to those who are on the fence about starting yoga? Yeah, I mean, it, yoga helps with all these things we're talking about, because it is the opportunity to tune out the outside noise that mm -hmm. we see so often with social media or just other people in our lives and really check in with what's going on internally. And so much of a yoga class is that tuning in and just like a lot of opportunities to embody a self-awareness practice where we're just like, we can't, we'll put our hand on our heart and feel our heartbeat. We'll take a few breaths. We'll put our hand on our belly and feel our breath in our mm -hmm. belly. And then just like from there, continue to guide this internal awareness, like almost like we're looking with a flashlight from the inside out of what's going on in different areas of the body. Where do we hold our emotions? Where do they get stored in the body? Where do they be, turn into tension tight muscles? And how do we like breathe through that and create more space through a yoga practice? And then how do we take that beyond yoga and into our fitness practice or into our work and our life and our family life? Um, there's a lot about just practicing creating space between a stressor and a response. And so the yoga that, that we offer here is like an embodied um, a practice, like you get better at that and then you're not reacting mm -hmm. so quickly to your kids. You're not reacting so quickly right. to, in your work environment. Mm -hmm. um, and you have, you just, you get better and better at building the skill set to take a breath, take a beat and move in right. ways that is most life-giving, most beneficial for your body and your mind. Um, and it sounds like how can all that fit into an hour yoga class, but it does like over time, the more that you stay with it, you're learning these tools from a, a movement, um, basis. And then you start to just like 
input them into other areas of your life. It's really quite incredible. So I just encourage people to give it a shot. It's such a, it's such a, a thing where you don't know till you know, you don't know until right. you try. Um, right. A lot of people have told me that a lot of people have come in myself included. That's how I got started. You know, I had no idea what was in store and all that comes with it um, right. before just giving it a shot. And hopefully, you know, lots of what I've said before is, is encouraging that it, it is open to everyone. You can always find ways to make yoga work for your body, whether you're looking for um, like more of a challenge or less of a challenge, um, something that's like a little more calm and peaceful or something that's still going to keep you, you know, getting your heart rate up and using your body strength in your workout. Like if those are your goals, then we'll help you figure that out and, and make it work for your body. Awesome. Awesome. Hannah, tell everybody where they can reach you at, um, website, IG, even your physical address for those who are in the Peoria, Illinois area. Sure. Yeah. So we are soulsidehealingarts.com. Uh, we are on Instagram as soulsidehealingarts. And we are at 1311 Southwest Adams in Peoria. So again, that's about um, five blocks south of Zion Coffee, right at Adams and MacArthur near the Cedar Street Bridge, that MacArthur Street Bridge, right in, a, in an old brick warehouse there. Alrighty, alrighty. You heard it first from Miss Hannah Ramlow of Soulside Healing Arts Studio. And if you have found inspiration in today's episode with Hannah, then please sign up to my newsletter, The Success Fitness Newsletter. When you sign up, you will get 10% off of my new e-cookbook, What's a Meal Prep for Beginners, which includes three recipes for one high protein meal that's under 600 calories, step-by-step -step written and visual instructions, and also a free workout ebook. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Success Fitness Podcast. I want to thank Hannah Ramlow for finally coming back to the podcast because I finally invited her. So this was fun. This was very educational. And I did try that, uh, those, those, those yoga videos that you sent last time. And some of those poses were, were tough for me because I wasn't as flexible, but I've been working on my flexibility. Awesome. So, yeah. uh, I really, I really thank you. And thank you all for listening to the success fitness podcast. And remember if any situation in your life is not making you stronger, simply chant, more weight, more weight, more weight. Hashtag more weight. Peace out.